All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into Good Ranchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick in order to get that deal and let's get on with the show. Loudoun County Public Schools, in an attempt to demonstrate that they've learned nothing from the last election cycle, issue a new warning to parents. We're going to be talking about that and a number of things that have been happening in conjunction down in Richmond on this episode of Making the Argument, where we make the arguments to defend a free society. Okay, to go ahead and kick this off, what I want to do is actually show you a floor speech that I was able to deliver on the floor of the House of Delegates today in response to, you guessed it, more absurd policy coming out of the Loudoun County public school system. Here it is right here. The delegate from Culpeper, Delegate Freitas. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise for a point of personal privilege. The delegate has the floor. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, Obviously, there's been something of a, a battle going on in the Commonwealth of Virginia with respect to mask mandates in our schools. And there's uh, varying opinions on this. And obviously, Governor Yunkin has issued his order, which is really based around the whole idea that this is a decision best left to parents and individual students. And then in the Commonwealth, we're certainly not going to deny a student in-person learning because they don't wear a mask. Now, some local jurisdictions disagree with that. And so there's a court case pending. But one school district in particular has decided that simply taking this to court is not good enough. We were recently treated to a message from the Loudoun County public school system and telling a parent whose child showed up to school without a mask that until you arrive, your child will be held in an in-school restriction situation here at school. They are not allowed on campus or on Loudoun County public school property starting tomorrow. It will be considered trespassing. Well, for those of you keeping score at home, trespassing is a class one misdemeanor. It can come up to 12 months in jail and a $2,500 fine. Now, thankfully, Mr. Speaker, the local sheriff's department and the local police department came back and informed Loudoun County Public Schools that they're not going to waste their time coming onto a campus in order to forcibly remove students because, they don't be, because they're not wearing a mask. Now, maybe at this point you're thinking, did the Loudoun County Public School System think to themselves, gosh, maybe this was a bridge too far. Maybe this was just a little bit draconian to call the cops on somebody for trespassing because they were in school without a mask. No, Mr. Speaker, they did not. In fact, they went so far when they received um, news from law enforcement, the resource officers will not go hands-on, nor will they enforce a verbal no trespass for peaceful mass noncompliance without a summons or warrant being issued from a magistrate LCPS decided that the appropriate course of action at this point was to inform everybody in an email on the detailed instructions for visiting a magistrate to get a trespassing warrant sworn out against parents and students. And if anyone can imagine what this would probably look like on a public school campus as the cops come to forcibly remove students without a mask, 
The school also reminded everybody that, once again, no media is allowed on public school campuses. Can't imagine why they wanted to make sure everyone understood that. So, Mr. Speaker, I think most parents would look at this, and regardless of where you fall within the mask mandate issue, they would probably think that arresting a student or charging with trespassing or potentially giving them a $2,500 fine or jail time is a little bit extreme. But just to add insult to injury, let's all keep in mind, this is the same public school district that when a student had to be removed for charges of forcible sodomy, sexual battery, sexual assault, that student was quietly moved to a different school within the district where the student reoffended. So if you're wondering why parents are looking at things like this and thinking, what is going on in our public school system? This is it. This is it right here. This is what they've been talking about. This is why they sent us to Richmond in order to correct for things like this. Because Mr. Speaker, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we should not be sending someone to jail because they didn't wear a mask in our public school system. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Okay. This is, and you saw it in the video, this is what's infuriating parents is because when policies like this come out, especially coming from a public school system, which when confronted with a student that was reasonably accused, like credibly accused of sexual assault, sexual battery, and a couple of things I didn't mention on the house floor because we got a bunch of 14 year old pages running around, forcible sodomy and forcible fellatio, right? That's what this student was actually charged with. So the police come, they take the student away. Then what happens next? Well, is, is the student expelled? Is the student suspended? No, 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 the student is moved to another school. So what does the student do when they go to that school? Well, it turns out that there's a whole new list of charges associated with what the student does once they're moved. That student was accused of abduction. Once again, sexual assault, sexual battery. In fact, this whole case was so bad that when the judge finally handed down the verdict, not only was the student found guilty, but it was one of the few cases in Virginia when a student under the age of 18 was actually put on the sexual registry and the judge described the psychological evaluation for the student as scary, basically saying that this was, this was terrifying. Now, when it came to that student, right, when it came to the initial charge where the police actually had to show up to the school to remove the student, the Loudoun County public school system's response to that student was nowhere near as draconian as it is toward your child if they show up without a mask. This is where we go from, this is where just take the science and throw it out. This has become such a demonstration of partisanship. As Joe Rogan said, the mask has now become the left's MAGA hat, right? They are so married to this. They're so wedded to it. They have convinced themselves that this is the way that they're going to save society and they're going to save our kids and they're going to keep everyone safe is they're going to mandate masks. And they're willing to go to such degree to where they would charge your child with trespassing, which like I said in the video, is a class one misdemeanor. It can carry up to 12 months in jail and a $2,500 fine. Now they can say all day long that they weren't going to, they weren't going to impose something like that. Here's what I find fascinating is that when confronted with sexual battery, forced sodomy, forced fellatio, their response there was to let the child back into the school where the child almost immediately reoffended. And they wanted to defend that action. In fact, they were so adamant about defending that action when it was brought up a school board meeting whether or not any sexual assault had taken place in one of the bathrooms, the superintendent, I believe it was the superintendent, said, not that I'm aware of. 
Now, the way they got around that was they simply said that because the student hadn't been convicted yet, the superintendent felt perfectly safe telling all the parents in that room, not that I know of, not that I know of. And then the parent of the daughter, the father of the daughter, got very upset by this, which I think most of us would think is fairly understandable. And it got to the point where law enforcement got involved. And this was used, this was used not just by the Loudoun County Public School System, this was used by the National School Board Association in order to try to work in conjunction with the Department of Justice to do what? Were they trying to call the Department of Justice or the FBI in in order to, oh, I don't know, maybe try to make the schools safer? No, no, no. It was to target parents. And what were they using to target parents? Counterterrorism law. Right? This is how absurd this has gotten. These are the links that the public school system in Loudoun County and really the National School Board was willing to go to in order to shut down dissent from parents while at the same time moving someone that was a credible sexual predator over to another school where he ended up hurting other people. Right, so, so the response to your kid not wearing a mask is significantly more outrageous, significantly more draconian than it is toward a sexual predator within the school system. And they still wonder, they still wonder why parents are furious. Let me ask you something, Loudoun County School Board, Loudoun County Public School System, what was the science behind that? Because in addition to how absurd all of this is, we now have deep blue states like Vermont, like Delaware, like New Jersey. For those of you keeping score at home, these aren't exactly bastions of conservative thought. And guess what they're doing? They're ending mandates. They're ending mask mandates. Why are they doing this? Well, it's pretty simple. The science has been out for a while that wearing a dirty cloth mask in your school probably doesn't do a whole lot to prevent spread or infection, okay? But what came in was not the science, that has already been there, what came in was the polling. And parents, students, voters in general are getting furious and completely fed up with this near hysteria over COVID at this point. Because it's not like this started five minutes ago. We know a whole lot more about COVID now than we did when this first started in around March of 2020. Right? I, I think a lot of parents saw this at the, at the early stages when COVID came out. And even if they didn't agree with certain policies or certain mandates or closing all the schools down, they certainly agreed that we didn't know how bad this was going to be and they were willing to make concessions. They were willing to come back and work with people and say, okay, we understand. Maybe not every policy is the right one. Maybe we need more of a local approach instead of a stop, uh, top-down approach. But, but we're willing to give people the benefit of the doubt while we're trying to figure this out. Well, what ended up happening? Well, years later now, because that's where we're at, we know a whole lot more about who COVID you know, significantly affects and who it doesn't have as great an impact on. We know what the greater vectors of spread are versus the ones that are not. We know who needs greater medical attention versus people, especially now with Omicron, who are probably going to get this, have cold symptoms, and then be able to get over and have some natural immunity. So we know all of this now but it doesn't seem to matter to certain members within the Democratic Party. They're just so adamant that this is the approach that we have to take and it has to be imposed and mandated on high that they've actually got a school board threatening parents and students that if you show up without a mask, we will potentially put you in jail for a year and give you a $2,500 fine. Right? You will have a criminal record after this. 
right as some of the bluest states in the country and countries all over the world, Europe is starting to end their mandates as well. Because this was not just about the science with respect to how deadly or how much of a threat COVID currently is right now in its latest variant. This was also about understanding that there is a cost-benefit analysis with respect to making students wear masks seven hours a day in school. Right, the, the left wants to behave as if this is just simply a question about being a good neighbor and wearing your mask and slowing the spread, you know, and, and in offering basically mild inconvenience. There seems to be no recognition of the fact that this actually had significant problems with respect to learning loss, with respect to interfering in the classroom. And I'm not just talking about a seven-year-old that's probably not going to wear their mask properly for seven hours a day. I think we can all understand that's probably not going to happen. I think we're also talking about the fact that you have other students with disabilities, with learning disabilities, with speech disabilities, and forcing a mask all day long on them, on a teacher, you know, regardless of natural immunity, regardless of vaccination policy, regardless of any of it, that is going to have adverse effects with respect to the children's ability to learn. And a lot of parents were essentially saying that, look, at this point, my child is not in significant danger. Most children are not in significant danger. Most teachers are not in significant danger. There's been plenty of opportunity to get vaccines or to have natural immunity. And so it is no longer worth the cost of the learning loss associated with this in order to mandate masks anymore. Now, if another student would like to wear a mask, they feel more comfortable, fine. If the teacher would like to wear a mask, they feel more comfortable, fine. But see, this is one of the biggest issues that we get into with respect to this debate. And it's not just about mask mandates. It's about education in general. Hell, it's about life in general. This idea that the left, once they become convinced of a particular course of action, that course of action must be mandated. You must be forced to comply. And if you don't comply, you either don't care if people die, or you're a racist, or you're a bigot, or you're an idiot, or you're a science denier. All the way up to the point where the science has basically come in and demonstrated over and over again that this isn't necessary, they don't care. It's become a symbol. The mask has become a symbol. If you wear it, you're a good person. If you don't wear it, you're a bad person. All the way up to and including, we're going to kick your kid out of school and potentially turn them over to the authorities if they don't wear it. And they are willing to double down on this policy when other states, and quite frankly at this point, other countries all over the world are starting to realize that this isn't the right course of action. We saw the same thing with the new study that just came out from Johns Hopkins with respect to lockdowns. And it looked at the cost-benefit analysis of lockdowns. And surprise, surprise, it turns out that everything we lost with respect to increased suicide, with respect to increased substance abuse, with respect to economic devastation, which is not just about money, it's about people losing their livelihoods. All of that had almost no effect on the overall mortality rate with respect to COVID. And yet... And yet, they are willing to stand there and make these kind of threats against parents and teachers. And it's, it's gotten to the point where I don't, even know, I don't even know how to try to reach out to someone that is so dedicated to this, they would threaten you with jail time. They would threaten a student with jail time. I don't even know how to have a rational conversation with that person anymore. This has just become so polarizing. This is not about science. This is about they have a particular worldview and they're willing to impose it. 
And they're going to show anybody that is not willing to comply who's boss. So here's the question. How do we combat this? How do we combat it when you clearly cannot have a rational conversation with somebody? Well, there's two things. One, it's important to understand that some of the, the most idiotic policies that are being put in place, okay, that's not everybody. There, there were people that probably three months ago that thought there should be mask mandates who are now looking at the evidence and the science and saying, you know what, I, I don't know if this is necessary. There's a lot more people there's, that, that might have been supportive of mask mandates that are coming in going, they might support masks, but my gosh, they don't want the police to come and physically haul off a student because they're not wearing one. So I got asked, I got asked probably a couple of weeks ago on the radio, what, we sh what should we do about all this? Well, the first thing I said was, let them go out there and say exactly what they want to do. Because quite frankly, the more they talk about these policies, the more they throw up these accusations that if you don't agree with them, not only are you wrong and a bad person, but that you should be punished, the more backlash there's going to be. Because clearly the last election cycle was not sufficient evidence. They've got to double down with this policy and take on the administration and take on those of us in the General Assembly that are trying to fix these problems. Not to mention the fact, a real quick aside, we also had a bill that reasserted all of the reporting requirements that schools had with respect to things like sexual assault and sexual battery. And once again, the Democrats tried to put in an amendment to get rid of all of it. They haven't learned. They haven't learned. They are so dedicated to a particular course of action and so committed to the idea that they should be able to force you to comply that they would rather take these measures than actually come to the table and have a rational conversation. So now more than ever, here's what needs to be done. First of all, in the General Assembly, we are passing the legislation. Governor Yunkin is delivering on his promises. Attorney General Jason Mieres is delivering on his promises with respect to uh, the work of the Attorney General's office. Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears is prepared to break any tie that we can somehow get within the state Senate because it's important to remember that we can pass all the good legislation we want out of the House of Delegates right now. It can still die by one vote in the Senate. It can still be hidden off and die quietly in some committee if parents and voters are not paying attention to what's going on right now. So we will continue to carry this legislation. We will continue to make sure that you know exactly what is going on right now within our school system and within your government. But we also need you to weigh in at the local and state level. That means looking at the legislation that you sent us to Richmond to propose and to enact and to put into law. It means tracking that legislation. And as soon as it gets over to the Senate, making sure that you are absolutely blowing up their phones, letting them know that you are not going to take this and you are watching. Because they don't believe it. They think the last election cycle was a fluke. That's right, we all, we all got you upset over nothing, and now you're going to learn that you really had no cause to be concerned. This was all just fear-mongering on behalf of Republicans. That's the message they're going to go with. They need to understand and they need to hear from you that, no, that's not what happened the last election cycle. What happened the last election cycle is a lot of people became aware of things that were going on within our school system and within our government, and they rejected it. And they're not going to sit idly by while a Democrat-controlled Senate, because the Senate wasn't up for election this last year, sits by and kills everything that we're doing to try to be responsive to the very voters that sent here to do what we're currently trying to do. Now, the second thing I will tell you that is absolutely critical at this point is that when you see this information getting put out on Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok, on whatever, Sharing it and putting it out to as wide an audience as possible because you will be amazed at how many people are not going to read that report. You probably won't be amazed that oftentimes when the media reports on it, 
they don't actually report the full story or they try to make it look, they try to put as much of a left-wing spin on it as they can possibly get away with. So when you get the real story, we need you to push it out to as many people as possible because that's how you get the groundswell of support for the sort of policies that we're trying to implement. Pushing back against this sort of absurdity. The other thing that we need you to do is push back at the local level. One of the reasons why the Republicans took the House of Delegates, took the governor's office, took the attorney general's office, took the lieutenant governor's office, is because people showed up to their local school board and said, we've had it. We've had enough. And this is why this part is so important. Please listen to me. For too long, people look at situations like this and think this is absurd. Parents need to have more control over what's going on within their schools and their children. People that need to have more control over their lives and not be micromanaged by the government. For too long, people felt that if they stood up and they actually said something about it, they would be ostracized. They would be humiliated. They would have the police come after them. They would be intimidated. And all of that had a dampening effect on not just conservative voices, but reasonable voices standing up and trying to issue concerns. Because if you stood up, you were a bigot, you were a racist, you were a sexist. And we even saw it on the House floor, this session. You didn't agree with Delegate Don Scott, you're a bigot. You don't agree with Delegate Munden King, you're a segregationist. You don't agree with Delegate Plum, you're a racist. We're tired of it. And we need people more now than to stand up and say, we're not taking this anymore. We are not taking it. Again, you wanna have a policy discussion? We'll have a policy discussion. We're not the ones trying to shut down liberal voices on Spotify. We're not the ones trying to kick people off because they happen to disagree with us. We want to have the discussion, but the moment you try to intimidate us, we're not going to put up with it anymore, especially when it's our kids' safety and future on the line. And so the message needs to be very clear. We're going to stand up. We're going to voice our opinion. And the moment you try to shut us down or intimidate us, you got another thing coming. We're going to show up. We're going to speak. We're going to organize. We're going to vote. We're going to make sure that we get people in charge that actually respect our rights as individuals, as parents. And we're going to insist on it. Because the moment they realize that the typical intimidation tactics don't work anymore, this whole house of cards falls down. It falls down. The moment they have to start making rational debates for what they believe, good luck with that. Because I don't think anybody is going to be able to make a rational argument for why it's appropriate in one hand, to let a, a student that was accused, and not just, not just randomly accused, credibly accused of forcible sodomy back into another school without actually informing everybody on why he was transferred there in the first place, informing anybody, like parents, while at the same time you're going to come and say, no, 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 it's perfectly reasonable to tell a student that if I don't show up with a mask, we're going to call the cops on him. That's not reasonable. And if they've got to make that argument, they lose. So make them make that argument. The moment they come up and they try to shut you down, the moment they try to come up and try to say, you're a bigot, you're a racist, this, is, this isn't about this. It's, no, no, no. You stop them right there and say, it doesn't work anymore. That time is done. You got away with it for years. For years, you got away with it. Good job. Good for you. You don't anymore. You don't anymore. Because the moment you start messing with our kids, all that other garbage goes out the window. And we're going to stand up and we're going to fight for what we write, for what's right, for what we believe in. And we're certainly going to fight for our kids' future and their safety. So that's what this is about at this point. 
We need you to be active during the legislative session. We're about to hit crossover in Virginia. And what that means is, is that all the House bills go over to the Senate side, all the Senate bills come over to the House side. The bills that we carried in order to make good on our campaign promises are on the House side right now and they're about to go over to the Senate. We need you to start calling. We need you to start blowing up those phones. We need you to continue to show up to school board meetings and tell, tell them you're not going to accept this. And we need you to record it when you do it. Be polite, be professional, make good arguments, but they need to see your passion for this. And they need to see good, well-principled, well-thought-out, rational, reasonable arguments so that when they respond with this sort of garbage, it exposes just how idiotic this has become. And that is how we're going to carry the day. It's not just about who you elect. It's about the fight that you take in your communities every day if you really believe in it. So that's where we're at. We will continue to update about what's going with. Uh, we'll continue to update you with what's going on in session. Um, again, we're in session until March 10th. We got a lot of bills going over right now. We need your help. I can't emphasize this enough. Once again, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for sharing. Please continue to get this out there. Also, give us feedback. Give us feedback on the information that you want to see coming out of session. Give us uh, feedback on the sort of issues that you would like us to discuss so we can help you make the arguments to defend a free society. Once again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next episode. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to GoodRanchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions, and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, GoodRanchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com, use promo code Nick, and once again, thank you for listening.